from Relay FM. This is the Pen Addict, episode 429. And today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Squarespace. My name is Brad Dowdy, and I'm joined not by Mike Hurley today, but rather someone much cooler and much more interesting, Gina Salarino of Custom Nip Studio. Hey, Gina, how's it going? Hey, Brad. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you on. And I like, I'm equally as glad to have you on as to not talk to Mike, you know, this episode. So. <laughs> You know, I'm not I'm trying to rank out which is better. If of course it's better to talk to you. Um, it's been a while. I think it's been since the Baltimore Pen Show. You know, that we've gotten to really talk a lot. You know, we we check in every now and then. You know, online. But how have things been going for you? At least during this this weird, wild pandemic time that we're in. Things have been, you know, as as good as can be expected. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it feels weird saying like fine, but it's like fine. You know, it's bad, but it's fine. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm I'm super interested. Like I have a lot of questions <laughs> to ask you. And and I've had a lot of requests to get you on the show. So we have a lot of listeners that have questions for you too, which we'll get to towards the end. But I, I gotta just start you off right in the beginning and you know, in the before times, in the before I knew you, in the be- before the custom nib studio time. Did you have like any sense of like good stationery? Like, were you into pens and paper and things while you were growing up, or is this something that came in later into life, like getting into pens and and then everything goes along with it? I was totally into the stuff like yeah. from day one, kind of. My uh, my grandfather had a print shop; he was a printer, so oh, I grew up like surrounded by paper and just like endless doodling and you know, lots of writing and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So that was, that was what mine was like. My grandfather was an artist, like he had a day job, but he had an artist. So I just go get to be around that stuff. What were some of the things that you latched onto like when you were a kid and and got into those things? Definitely obsessed with paper. Paper was kind of like the the first thing. I had like hundreds of notebooks all over the place all the time, (laughs) always carried a notebook with me. You know, that was kind of my gateway into it although i didn't use a fountain pen until like way way later yeah so like how how later like um (laughs) i didn't use a fountain pen until after i started working at nibs.com okay so let's let's just go (laughs) right into this right now (laughs) because you know for those who don't know and we'll we'll you will all learn more about gina if you don't already know like she is a really awesome you know nib grinder and you know, Nimmeister, what's the preferred term of, of what you do? What do you say? What do you say that you do, Gina? That's a good question. Um, I usually say nib grinder, mm-hmm. um, Meister. Some people feel like maybe that's something else. I'm not sure. It's like yeah. terminology is weird and it's all kind of just made up. So as long totally. as it's not mean, I'll take it. You know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of with you on that. There's like no super clear answer, which is why I even have to ask the question in the first place. But to get back to to the main point, you have pens that you're working on that could be worth thousands of dollars, and it wasn't that long ago you weren't really using fountain pens. So how did this even happen to where you're in, you know, doing the work that you're doing now? Well, so I was um, trained by John Modishaw um, of Nibs.com, and so mm-hmm. when I worked there, I was there for um, almost four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, you know, working on nibs and pens for eight hours a day, five days a week. So under also under like really great supervision and guidance, obviously. So, um, that's how I kind of got to where I am now. 
Gotcha. Is that something that came to you naturally? Like, did you come into the position at first where you're just kind of going to do, you know, whatever was available, just kind of regular, you know, maintenance, just, you know, you know, customer service work and, you know, repair work. And you just kind of learned it all as you went. Yeah. So I was hired to be like a workshop assistant. And so Mm -hmm. I started out doing vintage repair um, and like replacing old bladders and, uh, you know, polishing up pens and that kind of business, but always with the idea that I would take over a lot of the nib stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I also just like loved it and turned out to be like pretty okay at it. And so, (laughs) uh, (laughs) just ended up being the case that by the time I left there, I was doing, uh, the vast majority of the grinds that went out the door. Yeah. So it's, it sounds like it was just like, a you just got thrown into the deep end and yes. you, know, you figured out it turns out you you're at hey i'm actually pretty good at this job right <laughs> yeah yeah it just kind of worked out great yeah that's that's kind of crazy so so at some point i guess you got the bug and said well can i make this you know you know out from someone else's tutelage you know like do i have what it takes to go out there on my own what was that decision like you know, it wasn't an easy decision, but it was also kind of the right decision. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you just know when it's time to kind of move on. And uh, that was that time, you know. So yep. what was your idea of what it would be like when you started? Like, were you planning on, hey, I'm going to try to hit a bunch of pin shows. I'm going to do a bunch of work online, a combination of both. What was your initial, you know, I'm going out on my own and here's what I want to do. What was that initial plan? Um, it was definitely a combination of, of pen shows and uh, online stuff. Um, I really had no idea what to expect or what was going to happen or what it was going to be like or if anyone would want to send me their pens or, <laughs> you know, I had no idea. So it was very much like, let's try this. I guess we'll try this now. How do you think it went when you when you first started? Like how panicked were you because i know how it goes (laughs) even like today i've been doing this a while and i still like get nervous and i'm like am i doing the right thing and then when you're relying on yourself to you know to pay the bills you know what were those what were those first months like in in your head yeah it was terrifying it was (laughs) it was completely every day i was like maybe i can get away with this for like one more week you know Mm -hmm. maybe one more week i don't have to get a real job you know it's how i I still feel like that now i'm like how long can i get away with this without having to get a real job (laughs) you know because it feels like it doesn't feel like work i mean it's obviously like a lot of work but it doesn't feel like a job if that makes sense yeah and that's a that's a really good point it's totally that imposter syndrome thing i'm just like it's like do i have a real job and that i can you know pay the bills and, you know, put food on the table. But I almost like this too much that it doesn't seem real, like this shouldn't be happening kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like when is everyone going to find out that like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that I don't have a job. I mean, but I do, you know. Yeah, exactly. So how long how long has it been since you kind of turned on the lights at uh at Custom Nib Studio? Um almost two years now. Okay. Which feels so, hard to believe. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, I was like, man, that that has gone by super fast. Yeah. And um so I guess I want to bring it back to kind of what we we're talking about, the pandemic and having an online business and also having, you know, a pen show related business, which is, you know, I, mm-hmm. you know, from at least my view of it, you know, that's a pretty good business to like show up at these shows and basically, you know, work your weekend and do that, you know, at least once a month for, you know, however many months you can put in during the year. Um, it's definitely, I imagine a big chunk of income. How has that impacted your business this year? 
yeah, it was definitely a huge impact. And so I kind of had to restructure kind of a little bit how I did things and how I kind of expected things to go. But luckily, because everyone was in the same boat, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people reached out to me to do pens through the mail um, instead of at pen shows because they couldn't do, they couldn't get their pen show fixed, you know? Right. So it's kind of like a good stand in. So it actually kind of worked out or working out so far. I want to hesitantly say. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. But it's been going pretty great. I mean, everyone, the pen people, as you know, like pen people are just the absolute greatest and uh, are like the most supportive, wonderful people on the face of the earth. So um, everyone's been super amazing and really supportive. It's super true that the people are, are really what make it and to see them come out and say, you know, I'm not going to go get to see Gina in San Francisco this year, but I st- still have these pins that I was planning to get worked on. You know, maybe let me uh, let me hit up Gina online and, and see what we can do, which I think is really cool. Did, did you have to change anything on your side about how you received, you know, I I guess basically like your work queue, did your work queue change when you all of a sudden, you know, you weren't getting those in that in show work and maybe getting more online. Did you have to change anything about how you were set up? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did. Um, (laughs) Part of it was just like the turnaround time. Like my turnaround time is doubled. Um, Uh, So that's definitely a big factor. Um, I mean, but it's doubled from two weeks to four weeks. So it's still not like crazy or anything, but yeah. Yeah. And just like organizationally, like it's a big difference having like a few packages versus like, I had to completely change my whole workspace setup just to accommodate the amount of packages I physically had at one time. So, you know, it's a learning curve. Yeah, because literally all your job is in that room now. You don't get to go. Yeah. You don't get to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you like getting out and going to the shows? Was that uh, was, is that enjoyable for you? I mean, I think you know, for most of us, it it is. But you know, it's also work and it's tiring and exhausting. But just in general, did you like uh, getting out on the road? Oh yeah, I totally love the shows. It's great because you know I used to get really um, like anxious about shows. I'm kind of an anxious person, but luckily, like. Like I said, pen people are great and it's a lot of other anxious kind of weird people too. Not to generalize, but (laughs) it's like, it feels like it's okay to kind of be that person in that environment. And so I've like totally grown to love it and I miss everybody so much. I really can't wait for them to start again. So I'll put you on the spot. What's your favorite pen show to go to? Oh my God. That's uh, such a mean question. It Um, is totally mean. (laughs) I'm good at that from time to time. I really love San Francisco. Um, Mm -hmm. It's nice to, first of all, it's a great show. Second of all, I don't have to fly coast to coast, which is thrilling. Short short travel. Um, That's like just so nice. Um, And it's just like so well organized and a total delight. Um, This year, I also went to Baltimore and Philly, which were both fantastic. I had a great time at both of those shows too. So I'm I'm excited to do like even more shows as time goes on because there's a lot I've never even been to yet. Yeah. So what do you think about let's 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 pretend 2021 we're we're back to normal. And, you know, that's that's a whole different conversation. We might not be. (laughs) But what would be your ideal? Not necessarily, you know, which places you want to go, but how much would you try to get out? Would you try to hit, you know, 75 to 90 percent of the shows or do you need like that break to to where you need to pick and choose because you have so much work at home that you have to get to what do you do you think about that as we're you know hopefully getting back on the road next year 
Yeah, I definitely think about that now that the just some like the volume of work has changed so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably less than 75%, I would say, of shows. Mm-hmm. Just because some shows are smaller. Yeah, it's just a time thing. It's just a time yep. thing and traveling and so many of them are on the East Coast. It's like, you know, you have like a day traveling and then a day traveling back in addition to like the two or three days of the show. And then also I'm tired <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, because I stay up too late at the shows because I have no self-control. Yeah, you know. and we, that's when we get to see our friends, right? It's like yeah. you know, it's it's our it's, it's our social social time. Like you said, you know, we're all a bunch of introverts and people that you know the things we talk about. We normally don't get to say out loud to other people, so it's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's nice <laughs> when we're able to say, have those conversations outside of our heads. So yeah, we end totally. up staying too late. Have you have you figured out like the the perfect packing science for all the tools you need to to go on the road? I'm always curious about that. Ooh. Like with someone like you who has to have you know all your your equipment and things like that do you do you have that down yet i've gotten a lot better it's it's definitely been an improvement um Mm -hmm. the first few shows i was like oh where's that thing i need that (laughs) one weird thing that i can't even describe you know um so i'm like learning (laughs) learning what i need to actually physically have with me yeah that's Um, awesome and i have like a dedicated suitcase that my my machine fits in and all of my tools and so it's definitely getting better I like to stay organized. Gotcha. Now, will you check that bag or does that bag get carried on? Um, I, I check it because of the tools and stuff. You yeah. Know? Oh, I, that's true. They wouldn't allow you know, that. Yeah. Yeah. They don't love it. Um, and even just like scissors, like I just like need a pair of scissors. You oh. know, it's like weird, like <laughs> office supply stuff that they yeah. don't want you to really have on the plane. I've had so many of the little tailor snips that I use to like trim fabric, like taken oh, yeah. away from me because I, I just forget because number one they're everywhere they're like super cheap so they're like in all my bags and then they end up in the bag that i'm carrying on the plane and like that's not a good thing <laughs> yeah plenty, of course yeah plenty of those chunks so that makes sense you would have to check all the tools so uh, let's talk about pin shows a little bit more real quick for your customers and i'm just wondering do you have any general tips for someone hopefully going to a pin show again soon and wanting to get, you know, a nib grind, even if they don't know what they want and signing up for a time with you, you know, what should they do ahead of time? Should like, should, do you care if they clean the pen? You know, how do you want the pen, you know, what type of shape do you want it in? Or are you okay, you know, helping them figure out what nib grind they want? Do they need to figure that out beforehand? So can you give me a little 101 of what it's like when you're, when you're talking with a beginner at a pen show? Yeah, well, I um like a clean pen is always great if you know you're getting a grind. But if you want it to be tuned, it's maybe not writing the way you want it to, then inked is fine because sometimes it helps to know what kind of ink you're using mm-hmm. um, that might not be working for you. But if you want to grind, yeah, cleaned is like the best. That's super nice. I'll still do it if it's inked, but it, you know, <laughs> makes my life uh, easier when it's not <laughs> yeah. less ink like on my face at the show. So is what that means. Yeah. How many clothes um, <laughs> have you had to burn when you got home? <laughs> oh, that's why I wear like a little jacket yep. when I do all my grinds. Cause then Absolutely. it just like kind of covers everything up. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty used to like having inky fingers, but yeah. So what about like if they're sitting down, if someone's going for the first time and they don't really know what kind of nib, grind that they want, but they know they want something because they hear everyone talking about it and they think it'll, you know, make their handwriting cool. What's that conversation like for the first time? Are you trying to decide how they write? Will you watch how they write, for example? 
Oh yeah, for sure. And just like I have uh, examples at my table always, so people come can come and like try out and see what might work for them. So yeah, it's totally a collaborative process, you know. Yeah. I don't want people to feel like they have to know exactly what they're talking about, you know, when they come mm. to see me. It's uh, I, we can totally just figure out what works for you, like in the moment. That's cool, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, you do have the like different testers of kind of some the more common grinds, you know, the stubs and the italics and things like that for people to play around with. And it's good. So like one of the things that I've noticed with you, it's very much it's when you come to sit at the table with Gina, it's like you're going over for a cup of tea. It's like, you know, let's just come. (laughs) Hey, have a seat. Hang out. How's it going? You know, what do you what do you thinking about and and things like that and it's just uh you're just always super welcoming and open and oh thanks that's really really easy to work with and the quality is exceptional which is you know thank you really really great which we're gonna get into that we're gonna i'm gonna pick your brain about (laughs) nib grinds actually i should probably start doing that but let me talk about uh our friends of the podcast real quick our good friends over at Squarespace, and we'll get back into some awesome nib grinding talk. So this episode of The Pen Attic is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. I'm a Squarespace user, panatic.com, notco.com. They both have uh, Squarespace sites, Squarespace uh, stores, all kinds of fun stuff on there. And you can start a trial uh, on your own with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash penaddict. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code penaddict to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for the penaddict. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash penaddict and the code penaddict to get 10% off your first purchase. Thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. All right, so I want to make my next nib uh, grind is what I want to do. So what's the sales pitch? And this is this is a hard question. I, I will admit this is a, this is a tough question because <laughs> oh I have a tough time answering it. Why should someone get a nib grind? Oh, that is a good question. I feel like once you get into th- this hobby, right, mm-hmm. it's like you've customized like every single part of it. You found like different <laughs> papers you like. You found the color of the pen you like. You've got your inks. You know, you've got maybe even like your wax seals and all that stuff. This is like... And X, this is like the next step. That's what I think. And it kind of gives your writing, it can give your writing like a uniqueness and flair to it that I think is um, just like a totally unique experience. And I think that that's nice. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, it's the perfect answer, actually, I think, because I just, I always talk about how fountain pens are the most customizable writing instrument and for all the things that you said. And then on top of that, Hey, you can get a nib grind that can either number one, do something really cool on the page or number two, Mm -hmm. actually make your handwriting better, right? Like you can get certain grinds based on how you write that will actually improve how your handwriting looks. And some people want that. Some people don't. And some people just want 
you know, to have, you know, big blocky handwriting or do calligraphy and thing and different things. But I generally think, you know, um, just having that customization option, it is definitely like the level up situation. Right. Mm -hmm. And we got, I have some questions later about getting started and like what types of pens you should use. But in general, um, you know, people have gotten into the hobby. They've started to figure things out. And then they're going to go one step further, like coming to see you, right? So when they come see you, what different types of services do you provide? Like you can do nib grinds. You can, you know, if someone says, hey, this pen is writing scratchy, you can fix those types of things. What Mm -hmm. all all can you do? Like say if you're at a pen show and someone comes up to the table. Well, that's what I was going to say too about um, the customized thing and the handwriting is that even just tuning the nib for your preferences for the way you like your pen to write the way you hold your pen and things like that even without a grind can make a world of difference you know yeah some nibs kind of only want to be held in one specific way and maybe that's not the way you hold your pen or maybe it's like gushing ink and you use crappy copy paper at work and it's just like doesn't match up like getting it to work for you is like step one Mm. you know but that's like a great thing to start that can be done with basically any type of fountain pen Yeah, that's really, really good advice. Like if you're frustrated, like you don't need, you know, a stub grind or a cursive italic grind, but you like this pen and you just think it's not doing something that it should be doing, like you can fix that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So what other, what other things you're going to, can you work on, let's say at a pen show, because you can probably do more at home, right? But like if people are seeing you at a pen show, tuning, nib grinds, anything else we need to think about? Uh, Mostly that, you know, a little straightening if there's like a little problem maybe it got bent you know um dropped off a table something horrific (laughs) like that that's usually fixable um i also add flex to nibs um only gold nibs but um so that's a that's a possibility okay what are some of your favorites to favorite types of grinds to do like do you have Let's see. What's I'm trying not to get you in trouble by asking this question and making you say, I really hate doing this. So I'm trying to work my way around to say, what are your favorite types of nib grinds? Do you like it when someone just comes up and they want to get like a stub or, or, you know, like a cursive italic, which those are the things I've gotten you from in, in, from you in the past, you know, just your basic stubs and cursive italics, because that's what I like to write with. Yeah, those are great. I, I like doing, I really like it all. I mean, I like writing with architect points. So I'm kind of um, you know, I like doing them too, because I think they're really fun and interesting and a little different, but yeah, I like doing all the grinds. I mean, in terms of grinds, I don't like yeah, <laughs> there aren't any that I don't like, but definitely the hardest is a uh, needle point just because it's so fine and so precise. It just takes a lot of, a lot of time and like a lot of focus. So it's not like I hate it. It's just hard, (laughs) you know? Yeah. That's something I didn't realize when I first started getting needlepoint grinds that I'm actually (laughs) like, I'm actually causing like a lot of stress and a lot of uh, extra work to get that really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I've heard that multiple times and I've been yelled at by a couple people to like shut up about my needlepoint grinds. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's fine as long as you uh, like, as long as you kind of know what you're getting into. I think that that's a key thing too, like knowing what a needlepoint is and how it writes and not being like, oh, it's scratchy. Like, yes, it is a needle point. Yes. And (laughs) Customers should expect to pay more to get a needlepoint grind on their pen because of the level of work and precision involved. 
I just yeah. want to make that very clear. Let's. <laughs> it is not all nib grinds are created equally, right? Like there's some True. that are very straightforward, and and some that are the most challenging. Out of the, like your pin show grinds that you do, do you have is is the needlepoint the most challenging? Like opposed to like an architect or something like that? Yeah, definitely. The architect sometimes takes longer just because of like. It's a lot of tipping. You got to remove a lot of tipping. It's just like a time thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely in terms of like challenge, especially in front of somebody else, Mm -hmm. um, the needlepoint is definitely the hard one. So since like things like architects and needlepoints come up, just real quick, do you have, is there a nib size that you prefer to work with? If people are thinking of this, hey, I want an architect grind. You know, if they come at you with an extra fine nib, it's, it's, are you going to tell them no? Like, it's not going to be, a, it's not going to give them the best experience necessarily, right? Do you have preferences for different grinds on different nibs? Yeah. So that's kind of like a loaded question, which mm-hmm. is funny. Yeah. Um, because there's kind of two different realms of thought, I think, among nib grinders, which is like, do you want to create the th- a grind that is kind of the most, like the best example of the grind or making something that's the most like usable for the person. Cause sometimes those things aren't the same. Right. Mm. So like to make the most architecty architect point, you'd want to start out with like, um, like a sailor zoom nib is like the ideal, right? Cause there's tons of tipping and all in the right spot and it makes a super broad cross stroke and you can get a super thin downstroke. But on the other hand, like if you write in like a tiny little grid notebook, like you might not want that, right? You might want right. it on like a medium or something. So it's actually like usable for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm really into like making things that are usable for people that they love, even if it's not like the most prime example of the thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's an awesome answer. Yeah. I, I, no, I, just, I like how you put that, right. You're thinking about how will this person, you know, use this pen from, you know, what they're telling me, showing me how they write things like that. Here's what, you know, is going to work best for them. And if that means, you know, an architect nib on a, on a medium, medium nib, um, yeah, let's go for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's of course some like physical limitations. Sure. Sure. Like not all nibs can like accommodate that based on where the tipping is and you know, like a million factors. <laughs> so, right. As much as like, I I, that, I, you know? as right. much as I want to think like you perform magic, sometimes you just <laughs> can't physically do that trick. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> do you have, um, favorite nib brands to work with like if you see a pelican are you like yeah this should be you know pretty straightforward i can handle this like are there good and bad nibs or you just kind of work with you know whatever's in front of you it doesn't matter you know traditionally what what the stamping on the nib is like you're you're just going to go for it in general it doesn't matter but um <laughs> there but <laughs> there is some um difference in like quality control and consistency of nibs across brands so mm-hmm. Some brands are ultra consistent and, you know, every time you get a medium, it's exactly the same size and the slits exactly in the center and uh, the tipping is very even and, you, you know, and then there are other brands that aren't like that mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe require a little more extra like setup time. You know, you've got to align everything first and you've got to accommodate maybe that the slit is off a little bit, and you know, it creates a little more work sometimes. I mean, the end result is I can do it on whatever but yeah some are more consistent <laughs> in, in yeah. <laughs> than others 
that's true. I never really thought of it as like a QC issue before you get the pen, but that changes what you see and then what you would work on. Um, you know, when you get that nib, you know, you might have to tweak it a little bit before you can, you know, start doing your work. That's it. Yeah, that's that's super cool, super interesting. So one of the things you do that um I have purchased from you before is you will sometimes sell just separate nibs that you've pre-ground before the show. Is that something you see yourself continuing to do like at pen shows? Because I know that's, that's more work, but I of course raved about it because not only could I sit and get, you know, a nib grind, like I got a medium nib ground into a stub. And while I'm sitting with there, there's this little tray that I'm fidgeting with. And it's like, Oh, here's a steel architect nib I can use in this other pen. <laughs> Give me that too. <laughs> do you still do, do you still plan on offering things like that in the future? Because I think that's like super cool. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I definitely want to keep doing that. I think it's, it's great, especially, you know, there are only so many hours in the day at the pen show. And right. sometimes you can only come on a day that's totally filled up and like, but you still want something. Um, it's a good way to be able to get a grind without having to necessarily get an appointment, you know? Mm-hmm. And you'll generally do those on, are they most always like steel Yovo nibs because that's kind of a really good compatible nib or, or do you mix it up sometimes? That's what I've been doing so far. I mean, okay. who knows what I'm going to do in the future. But like if people want to request something, I'm totally happy to like work with people, set things aside ahead of time. That's cool. Like, um, or if everyone's all like, I need Bach number five nibs, then <laughs> I'll work on getting Bach number five nibs. I just, just uh, let me know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm all right. To it. Here comes the meta question. And I, <laughs> I don't know if it's fair, but I, I think you're, I think you're game for, for taking this question. Have all the grinds been done and discovered? Do we like do we know what the capabilities are to put on the end of of someone's pen? That's such a good question. I think no, I think that there's so much more stuff that we can do. Nice. Um so I kind of have a top secret project that's not very secret, but it's a little bit secret mm-hmm. that I just started working on. Um so it's like not ready at all mm-hmm. by any mm-hmm. means. But I've started working on making stacked nibs. Um, so that I think is really exciting. Not that I'm the first person to do stacked nibs by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. But I think there's a lot of room for experimentation there um, that I'm really excited about. And, uh, you know, also even just with regular grinds, like at one show, um, someone came up to me and was like, I kind of want a grind that's like this. It's like a little bit oblique and a little bit stubbish, but not too oblique. And then when it flips over on the back, it's a fine. And I was like, mm. okay, let's do that. That's not a thing. Like it doesn't have a name, but right. uh, we can do that. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever give it a name? Like I actually had a question for you, like from a, from a listener is like, if you came up with a, a funky nib like that, would you ever, would you ever give it a name on your own? <laughs> Sure, I would consider. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, especially like if you're gonna experiment in in stack nibs, and I wrote a note in here um, that I actually didn't send you. It just says the welder exclamation point because <laughs> I know it because I know what you've been up to a little bit. Yes, <laughs> and so I'm glad you mentioned that, and I, I didn't want to drop it on you if we you didn't want to talk about it. But yeah, that's yeah, something to see in the future. I don't even know if it's a good future. idea to talk about, you know, because it's right. so new. It's probably like a bad business thing to talk about, but I can't keep my mouth shut about it. So. So I know. I'm just I know. too excited. <laughs> do you have like an do you have like an experiment table? Like, do you have okay? Like today, like I'm I think I'm good on like the work I need to get done today. Let's go see what we can can mess around with. 
Yes. Yeah, I've got a yeah. whole drawer full of um, steel nibs and um, my little welder setup. And anytime I have extra time, that's what it's all going into right now. Love it. Love it. So, yeah, I, I love that the answer to, to to the meta question, have all the grinds been done? Uh, like it, it's immediately no. And I, I kind of had a feeling, but I wasn't sure. It's like it's like music. Like I'm a huge music fan. Fan. It's like, has all the music been done? It's like, of course not, right? Of there's not. there's yeah. new stuff coming out all the time. Like you think like, you know, all guitar music sounds the same. And it's like, it's that's not how like people work and that's not how artists create and things like that. So yeah, I love yeah. that idea that you, that you just flat out said that. Absolutely not. So. <laughs> or even like, uh, the kind of rediscovering old stuff and figuring out how it suits us today, I think is also exciting. Yeah. Um, kind of a different way of experimenting and looking at old nibs and seeing kind of what was going on there and maybe applying that to new modern uses. So, yeah, well, I might have a specific question about a collaboration that you did. So let's jump into like some of your personal projects and some of your personal pen uses. Cause I'm, I'm kind of curious, but let's start with the journaler collaboration that you did oh, yeah. with Esther Brooke, um, which I'm a huge fan of. Obviously oh, I love that style of nib. I love the Esther Brooke pen. I love the way that nib feels. Um, it's just a, killer writer like it's just a straight up writing nib which i guess is probably how the name came about but, but can you tell me uh, how that did come about well i'm so glad you like it that like means a lot to me thank you that's really yeah, nice I, I like more than like it like it's exceptional <laughs> thank you that's so nice i can't believe it um <laughs> that's so cool uh <laughs> yeah I, they approached me they wanted me to do like a nib grind for them and they were basically like do just like pitch us something, you know, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I kind of looked back into Esther Brooks catalog um, and their, you know, old Esther Brooks was basically like a nib company that also made pens. Right. So <laughs> it was really cool. There was so much to choose from in terms of what to kind of base my nib on. And so I was looking at the fact that they used to offer like a medium stub just for anyone, I think is really cool. And so uh, that was kind of my jumping off point. And um, wanted to create a grind that was like fun enough for people who are already into pens to still find it fun, but mm -hmm. kind of easy enough to use that someone could buy it as is and just be able to use it, you know, out of the box. Right. Because the consumers who are going to buy that may not, number one, know the history of mm -hmm. Estabrook. Number two, may not have ever considered, you know, what a let's just say like a specialty nib would do for them you know what something a little different than like a stock medium would do for them so to be able to bring that out and kind of tell the story of how it came out and I, I just think it was just not only was it executed perfectly like the the nib is just really really good and I would put that on anyone's shopping list who is you know looking for something unique and um it's like i said it's just a great writer you just i just want to write with that nib and that those pens it's it's really really <laughs> nice. good oh it's so nice <laughs> yeah oh no and that's i would i would i would say that stuff behind your back too i wouldn't just say it to your face like it's really it's really good i mean heck i reviewed it and pretty much raved about it so it's like i think my <laughs> my thoughts are known on that one so you know my thoughts i'm gonna know what you use what is what is your nib grind at your desk or, you know, at the end of the day, you're journaling, you know, whatever you're writing with. What do you what kind of nib grind do you prefer pers for personal use? My favorite is I have like a 
architect point I did on a medium nib on a pretty relatively cheap Schaefer pen mm-hmm. that I just love. It's kind of a forgiving architect. So it's not even like a true architect. It's something that I kind of like just made for myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally love it. That's, that's like my go-to. I just keep, keep reaching for it, you know? That's awesome. And what, so you said that goes into Schaefer. What other pens are you using just in general? Oh, okay. So my current, my currently inked lineup, I just got a new Sailor Pro Gear Slim that I totally love. I love those pens. They're so great. Uh, that was actually my first found nice. pen was that Pro Gear Slim. So um, they have a special place in my heart. Um, so I have one of those <laughs> inked. I have a, my Schaefer, which is like a Schaefer Agio. Agio? Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it. Is that right? Yeah, um, not sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I have like a vintage no name celluloid pen um, that I just really like the colors of that has a vintage um, waterman nib in it. That's really fun for a little extra flexi flair to it. And then I have a um, red dragon pen company pen. That's also pretty new to me that I'm obsessed with. Nice. Shout out to Chewy. Yes. The best. Oh my God. These pens are so good. I really, <laughs> really can't great. handle it. I like wanted to cry when I came in the mail. I like had such an emotional reaction. When I oh, that's awesome. Pen. It's so, I mean, I don't know. I guess everyone here gets it. I'm like, yeah, you know, remember your audience, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm writing a note that I'm going to, I need to put red dragon into the show notes so everyone can go see what we're talking about. Yeah, please do. It's, yeah. it's seriously become one of my favorite pens like immediately. Awesome. So like just talking to you about this, it, it brought up more questions that I, I didn't have, have written down and now I'm just curious. So do you modify every nib on every pen that you own? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, definitely, I think more than like an average person, <laughs> I would say. And sometimes I do it kind of without thinking, like I'll be writing something be like, oh, what's this sharp spot? And then just kind of like, you know, buff it out and then go back to writing, you know? Yeah. I have a lot of unmodified sailor nibs mm-hmm. um, because I really like them, how they are just out of the box. And uh, what else do I have that's unmodified? I do have one Nokia that also unmodified. It's abroad. So everyone's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I even can. <laughs> right. It's too yeah. good. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens with that one. So you mentioned it with the the Waterman Flex Nib. Let's have the Flex Nib discussion. I, I wasn't yeah. necessarily thinking about it, but I think it's important to have for, especially for, you know, beginners or people who are just getting into fountain pens. A lot of people come to the dark side that we're on because they've seen some crazy calligraphy on Instagram, right? <laughs> yes, and they yes. go, I, I want that. Mm-hmm. And what they want is extraordinarily difficult to manufacture in mm-hmm. at least modern terms or even in someone uh, sitting in your chair to manipulate a, a nib into doing that, you know, with the, like the, the huge line variation. So can you just talk about like, what's the flex nib conversation you're having with your customers that are getting nib work done and, and want something, you know, flexy with a lot of line variation? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I definitely try to emphasize for people that you have to use it slowly, that that is like a huge factor. Just slowing down while you're using it makes a huge difference in an outcome that they might also not need a modified flex nip. Like they might just mm-hmm. need like a, 
pilot FA nib. Start right. there. See what it's like. Do you like that? Do you feel like it's not flexing enough? Then maybe we'll go from there. But, you know, you might want to try out the stock before you kind of delve into like super crazy flex. Yeah, it is. Um, it is it's definitely one of the most common questions I get. And like I always try to there's tempered expectations that need to be had. I think mm-hmm. you can get there. Like you can, yeah, you can yeah. figure it out. And like, sure. you know, and Gina can like make something like wild and crazy for you. But there is a period of time that has to pass before you can get there almost. Like there's a lot of work that's got to go into that end result of really, really getting a, a super, super flexy nib and getting it to work well. Yeah, especially when people want a needle point with flex, like a Spencerian grind. Because well, what I try to do is I try to tell people that's like a that's a tool, right? You know, and just like any tool, it doesn't just work by itself. You know, you have to learn how to use the tool. So Mm -hmm. that's like a part of it. Yeah, like I would need just for myself to use a nib like that. I would need probably like a year or two of just working on hand pressure before I even touch that nib. Right. Because it's just I have a heavy hand. And even though I like my needle points, I generally like them firm. So I'm not, you know, doing anything crazy with the nib. But to uh, to work on that, I'd go, OK, let's work on a hand pressure for about a year and then maybe we can see <laughs> see what we can do. It's challenging. I mean, it's it's yeah. fully achievable, but it's definitely like you have to be conscious about it and yeah. be thinking the whole time until you get really good at it. I'm not really good at it. The writing yeah, part. Here. You know, it's like I have to think really, really hard, you know, yeah, really slow. Yeah. I totally don't have the patience. Like I, I <laughs> could probably learn, but it's like I said, it takes it's gonna take a lot of work. And it's it is it's really cool. That's why it's people, very cool. People see it on the Instagram and then send you emails like I want that. I know. <laughs> so, I don't blame them. But I'm like a no. block printer at heart. So yes. I'm kind of in the other direction. Yeah. High five on that. Or yeah. maybe fist fist bumps or elbows, whatever we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. A virtual <laughs> high five is fine, I think. <laughs> yes. I think we're good. All right. I got some listener questions that I asked for knowing that uh, you were coming on. So let me, uh, let me hit you up with some of these. There's some really good questions and we'll get you out of here. How's that sound? Cool. Sounds great. All right. This one's from Evan. Are there any grinds that you really enjoy writing with, but don't like grinding? Oh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I like grinding them all, really. I really do. I really yeah. love the whole process. I, Yeah. What can I say? I'm a nerd about it. That's true. Yeah. Um, this is a question from me that I just thought about when I asked that. And you kind of mentioned it before. You would definitely be pro reversible nib, right? Oh, like yeah, that seems definitely. like something you'd be you'd be down with, and you you've done that on uh, several nibs, and that's definitely a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I need to. I don't have one. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm not chicken to get it, but I'm like, will I actually <laughs> be the upside down writer person? Like I got to convince myself of that. So I'll I'll work on that. The way I I mean, for me, all my architect points are like an extra extra fine on the reverse, with the okay. thought that like if you have a super huge broad nib, you always want to have like a really fine one in your back pocket, so to speak. That makes sense. Um, so you can just flip it over and make a little note if you need to. And that's kind of what got me into the reverse grinds. Yeah, and you've already got the space there on that nib. You're going to have the platform to to execute that, right? When you're, exactly. when you're working on it. Okay. All right. You might have you might have sold me something just while we're sitting here talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one's from Joe. What is a grind you don't think gets requested enough? Um, I used to always say architect, but mm-hmm. now I feel like people are kind of getting hip to the architect point. So. 
that was always like my stock answer was like everyone wants a cursed vitalic but like you should really try out the architect point which i still believe yes yeah so maybe that is still the answer (laughs) yeah no i think so that's why i always try to carry one with me because that's something not a lot of people have tried over the years so i always want to have one handy it's like you may not like this so here just go take this play it play with it and then when you're if you like it yeah go for it yeah exactly All right. So this is one of those questions I wanted to dig into that I was alluding to early from Zachary. What's the least expensive nib that is worth fooling with? So let me ask this in in the question that we get on the show all the time from listeners. I have a Twisby Eco that I love. Should I bother getting a nib grind on it? So I I know that there are like kind of two schools of thoughts about this. It's like either you... I don't know. I think it's, I think you should get a grind on it. That's what I, I kind of do too. Because like, it's I'm like, if you. you love it, who cares how much it costs? It doesn't have to be expensive to be special. And if you think about it, it's, you're actually saving money because then you're not paying a hundred dollars and then getting a grind. It's like, it's basically almost just the cost of the grind. You know, when we talk about like longevity of fountain pens, I think that, you know, you're talking about a kind of really long time span, you know? Yeah. Your, your Twisby might not last like several generations the way like a gold nib waterman might, but if you like it, just, you should do it, you know, enjoy it while it's here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all about enjoying it and it being your thing. Yeah. Perfect answer. I love it. (laughs) So yeah. So now from now on, when I get that question, I'm going to say Gina said, that you should do it. <laughs> yeah, why not? I don't know. I love it. I have, I have so many cheap pens too. I want to say like my taste in pens runs the full gamut of price range. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I like some of my most used pens are definitely like my Twisby Ecos and things like that because mm-hmm. there's just something enjoyable about that. All right. Let me see how to word this question from Aaron. It says, what grind did you think would be good? Try it out. And then say, no, not a good one. <laughs> so like, what's a, what's a, basically what's good, what's a good idea, but bad in practice, I think is, is what we're talking about here. Oh, um, that's a good question. I don't know if that's happened yeah. to me before. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, I think it's because it's so personal that I think yeah. a lot of customers will be like, ah, oh, you know what I need is a left oblique. And then they mm. get it and they go, I cannot write with this. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think on like, as on the, on the receiving end, it's like, uh, that can happen where you think you hear it described and it seems magical and then you get it and it's just like not right for your hand, which yeah. is like the thing I miss about pen shows the most is like just putting a pen in someone's hand and saying, you know, maybe this will work for you. And then they kind of know right away, like, does it feel right or does it not? You know? Yep, exactly. Exactly. All right. This one's from Sarah. What is your favorite nib to grind both in the brand of the nib and in the grind of the nib. Like doing an architect point on a sailor zoom nib to me is so satisfying. It's, it's my favorite. That's kind of a perfect answer. I didn't even consider that. And for the longest time, so I had one um, years and years and years ago. And for years, it was my Twitter like background image was basically the, the fish hook that came out of of that block of nib on there and I would just never use it because like it was really too broad for me so I ended up selling it but like I totally get that like that's kind of number one sailors are great nibs and number two so that's kind of the perfect platform for an architect nib so yeah yeah it's like all the right tipping and all the right places 
Yep. All right. This one's from Michael. Have you ever worked with materials besides metal? Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> so well, let me <laughs> ask like it a trick this question. I don't know. It why. does. I think, I think I can, I think I can word this better. Have you ever worked with any non steel or gold nibs in pens? Like, do you ever see anything weird, like a silver nib that might cross your path or just some, you know, odd material that you, Oh, I haven't seen this before. Oh, interesting. Um, basically all the standard nib materials, uh, I have worked with like titanium Mm -hmm. and palladium and all the weird ones like that. Yeah. Um, everything in the metal zone though, still. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So this is from Violet and she's wondering, she likes the loose nibs that you sell. Would you ever sell any of those nib units that have added flex? Is that ever a thing? Yeah, that's something I'm working on. The problem is with the process and having to put them on. Like the way I make flex only really works on gold nibs. Mm. So it's just a matter of uh, getting some gold nibs, you know, having the interest there that people want them, you know, because they're obviously way more expensive to have on hand. Yeah, that's a different calculation. Like if you start doing that, right? That's yeah, a lot to consider. But if people... Uh, want something specific like send me an email like i'll tell you if i can do it or not or if i can carry it or not or you know i'm i'm like an easy person to talk to <laughs> like if i like i'll tell you no if i can't do it it's okay like i'm not gonna be mad at you for asking yeah like if you couldn't tell Jeannie's gina's pretty approachable like she, she's pretty nice <laughs> she's i, try, pretty I try to be nice <laughs> <laughs> all right last question from josh as a hobbyist pin maker, I'm considering dabbling in some nib grinding as well. Any tips Ooh. for getting started? Yeah, my tip for getting started is, first of all, um, to spend a lot of time looking at nibs, especially under magnification, because you learn so much just from looking at them up close and seeing what kind of small manipulations change the shape of the nib and what that does to the effect of the writing. And then also, um, you don't need to start out with anything mechanical in order to do grinds like there are some nib grinders who don't use any machines that they do it all with whetstones so start out with sandpaper and whetstones because that's a much slower process and then you can kind of check in on your work under magnification as you go and kind of see like what you're doing to the nib what effect that has on the nib and the writing like as you go God, that's perfect. Now, now you're making me go. Well, maybe I should go try. But no, I leave that. I leave <laughs> that to the experts. To, you have like with all the extra time you have, you know. Yeah. Just like throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I need to be doing. The last thing I want to do <laughs> is modify my own nib. So I leave that to the experts like you. So. <laughs> Thanks. So. Thank you so much for having this conversation and taking my silly questions and talking about nibs and everything that you do. I find it fascinating. I think you're awesome. And everyone should go check out Gina at customnibstudio.com and on Instagram at customnibstudio. Where else can anyone check you out? Is that the, the main spots? Those are the main spots. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was really, really fun. Yeah, absolutely. And definitely check out once we get back on the road and pin shows are happening again, you know, you need to make a time to go say hi to Gina and get some nib work done. So yeah, come say hi. All right. Well, thanks, Gina. And I will talk to you later. All right. Thanks so much.